Welcome to Red Pill Torah, calling believers from man's institutions to God's instructions. Can't we all get along? I'm Tim. And I'm Miss. Tim, that's a famous question asked by Rodney King almost 30 years ago. Our society has been trying to get along for some time. Let's talk about it. If you didn't know, the Torah is the first five books of the Bible. Understanding and believing the Torah gives context to the rest of the Bible. And the Bible is all about Yeshua the Messiah. You can email us at redpilltorah at gmail.com. Find us at our website, www.redpilltorah.com. Follow us on redpilltorah.podbean.com, on Facebook, Twitter, Tumblr, YouTube, or wherever you hear your favorite podcasts. We'd love to hear from you. And don't forget to like, share, and subscribe. And a big shalom to our listeners in Indiana and Singapore. Listen out for Red Pill Torah on a radio station near you. Red Pill Torah is an outreach ministry of B'nai Ephraim Messianic Ministries and Assembly. The concept of tolerance comes up a lot these days, particularly when it comes to lifestyles, religion, politics, and such. The Cambridge Dictionary defines tolerance as willingness to accept behavior and beliefs that are different from your own, although you might not agree with or approve of them. That's an interesting definition. Yes, it is. What does it mean to accept behavior and beliefs that are different than your beliefs? It's one thing to acknowledge someone's beliefs exist, and another thing to accept them. Hey, I hear you, Mama. There's a world of difference between accepting and acknowledging. That world of difference may be getting fuzzy for many people these days, mm-hmm. and it's becoming harder and harder to simply function in society without giving in to those things that we don't agree with. I see that as well. Some people preach tolerance, but their actions suggest just the opposite. Requesting tolerance seems more like a socially acceptable way to say, do it my way. I think about that as we do what we do, calling believers in the Elohim of Israel from man's institutions to God's instructions. It seems that in this age of tolerance, everyone has a personal interpretation of what Elohim's instructions actually mean to them. Using a relative standard to interpret his instructions means that we can assign whatever personal meaning we feel is relevant or fitting. Matters of faith are deeply personal. I get that. My question is, do we really want to understand what the Creator requires of us? If so, it's just going to take some work. I agree. As we approach the spring holy times on Jehovah's calendar, we want to urge everyone to start preparing. As we prepare, we are mindful of other traditions that are popular at this time. Now is a great time to evaluate those traditions to determine their basis in scripture. We want to discuss a key word and concept that will help you prepare for the spring holy times. The word is syncretism. Now it means the merging or combination of different religions, cultures, or schools of thought. Syncretism was the way Christianity went from believers in Yeshua being fed to lions to the Christian faith being declared the official religion of the Roman Empire. Now I imagine that the conversation went something like this. Hey, you have a God, so does everyone else. That guy's God over there, that that guy's God's name is Zeus the chief of the gods, and that guy over there, his god's name is Jupiter, and he's the chief of their gods. 
We'll assume that everyone is praying to the same God, but just using different names. His God has a son, and his son's name is Tammuz. Our God's son is called Apollo. What's your God's name? Your God's son is called Jesus? Well, that sounds fine. What's his mother's name? You call her the Virgin Mary? Well, great. We call ours Ishtar or Aphrodite. Now let's all be tolerant and respectful of the different names, and let's all just get along. So under Constantine, the official names became God, Jesus, and Mary. Their stories and traditions were changed some to include elements of the pagan god stories and traditions. But with that, everyone could be more tolerant. Everyone except the ones who believed Deuteronomy chapter 6 verse 4. It says, Shema Israel, Yehovah Eloheinu, Yehovah Echad. In English, that means, listen closely, Israel. Yehovah's our God, Yehovah is one. That highlights the problem with tolerance as it is often applied today. If one is to follow Yehovah Elohim, as the Bible instructs, we are to have no other gods in his face. That's a more literal translation of the second word or the second commandment. And that's found in Exodus chapter 20, verse 3. In the Torah, we learn that our Elohim does not respect syncretism. One simply cannot follow him and merge his instructions with traditions we may like, but ones that he hasn't sanctioned. That's right, Mama. Now, many church traditions are not instructed or sanctioned in Scripture. Some aren't even Bible-based. What? The issue is that too many of us don't research the origins of what we're doing. We just fall in line, trusting our clergy to lead us in the right ways. Now, it's a nice thing to trust the clergy. 1 Timothy 5.17 says, The leaders who lead well should be considered worthy of double honor, especially those working hard at communicating the word and at teaching. Now, I suggest that leading well means leading people to follow Elohim's instructions. Some traditions are worse than man-made, well-intentioned traditions. Some are actually based on pagan and occult practices that were synchronized with Christianity or given a Christian-sounding backstory. Again, a little research is necessary to uncover the roots of these traditions. So far, we have not found a Bible-based reason to put ashes on your forehead or to fast before we celebrate Passover. In fact, Isaiah 58 gives an instance when Jehovah said he was not pleased with Israel's fast because their hearts were not right before him. Reading from verse 5, Jehovah said, Is this the sort of fast I want? A day when a person mortifies himself? Is the objective to hang your head like a reed and spread sackcloth and ashes under yourself? Is this what you call a fast? A day that pleases Jehovah? Here is the sort of fast that I want, releasing those unjustly bound, untying the thongs of the yoke, letting the oppressed go free, breaking every yoke, sharing your food with the hungry, taking the homeless poor into your house, clothing the naked when you see them, fulfilling your duty to your kinsmen. Then your light will burst forth like the morning, your new skin will quickly grow over your wound, your righteousness will precede you, and Jehovah's glory will follow you. Wow, Daddy, I love that scripture. Me too. 
Practices like sitting in sackcloth and ashes were commonly used methods to demonstrate humility before our Elohim. In this case, the problem was their heart, not their methods. Let me read the first two verses of Isaiah 58 for some context. It says, Shout out loud, don't hold back. Raise your voice like a shofar. Proclaim to my people what rebels they are, to the house of Jacob their sins. Oh yes, they seek me day after day and claim to delight in knowing my ways, as if they were an upright nation that had not abandoned the ruling of their God. They ask me for just rulings and claim to take pleasure in closeness to Elohim. Miss, that really sounds like Elohim was greatly displeased, even though they used the usual methods to demonstrate humility. If using the usual methods didn't work for Israel then, should we expect other methods that Elohim did not authorize to get a better result for us today? Fasting from meat or anything else as a way to worship Jehovah before Passover is not an instruction we find in the Bible. It may seem reasonable to look at the activities of early Christians in the Roman church to determine what their ways were. We learned about that in a teaching by Dr. Miles Jones last Shabbat. That's right, Daddy. It takes us back to synchronism, the practice of merging various religious beliefs and practices. Under Constantine, the feast and instructions of Jehovah were synchronized with pagan practices and festivals. So much so, it was unrecognizable compared to what our Heavenly Father told us to do. Knowing that, should we look at those Christian practices as the standard for the faith once delivered to the saints? I don't think so. I would say we must first look at the scriptures for our direction. The people who follow the instructions of the scriptures are the example we must follow. Amen, Mama. As we learned from Dr. Jones, refusing to play along with syncretism came at a huge cost. Jews and Messianic believers who believed that Jehovah is the one and only Elohim were actually not free to worship in that society. Tolerance sounds really good until you realize that you're the one who isn't being tolerated. After Constantine's decree, our forefathers were not tolerated, and the way things are going, we will find ourselves in the same position as we stand fast with Jehovah. Ash Wednesday and Lent are extra-biblical traditions that have come up around the Passover Holy Day. Another of our pet peeves is the elevation of Good Friday, you know, the day that Yeshua supposedly was crucified? Matthew 12, beginning at verse 38, says, Some of the Torah teachers said, Rabbi, we want to see a miraculous sign from you. Yeshua replied, A wicked and adulterous nation asked for a sign? No, none will be given to it but the sign of the prophet Yonah, or Jonah. For just as Yonah was three days and three nights in the belly of the great sea creature, so will the Son of Man be three days and three nights in the depths of the earth. I've been to a lot of Good Friday services over the years. I don't add them to my schedule anymore, although if I were asked to speak at one, I would want to review the biblical passages foretelling and describing Yeshua's death and resurrection. Mama, I think that would mean reviewing the High Sabbath on the first day of unleavened bread, which was followed by the usual weekly Sabbath. In short, Yeshua was not crucified on a Friday. We know that from the Bible record. There are many other traditions that men have made up for the Passover. Those traditions include 
calling the day of Yeshua's resurrection Easter Sunday, dyeing eggs red, eating a ham to celebrate the Hebrew Messiah's resurrection and rising early with the sun to worship on Sunday. All of these practices I mentioned came from syncretism, the mixture of pagan practices with the worship of Jehovah Elohim in order to get everyone on the same page. The problem is that page is not in the Bible. So what would you do if you discovered that the way you live your life and some of your beliefs were out of line with God's instructions? Would you take the blue pill and go along to get along with the best of intentions and goodwill towards all? Or would you take the red pill and seek to understand and follow only the ways that please our Heavenly Father? Only you can answer that question. The pressure to conform is stronger every year, but so is the grace and strength Elohim gives us, continuing to stand in His ways and calling for His people to follow them. We acknowledge that most people mean well in following these traditions. They are sincere in their affinity for the Christian faith. Acts chapter 17 verses 30 and 31 has a statement that I believe fits this occasion. It says, In the past, Elohim overlooked such ignorance, but now he is commanding all people everywhere to turn to him from their sins. For he has set a day when he will judge the inhabited world and do it justly by means of a man whom he has designated. And he has given public proof of it by resurrecting this man from the dead. Mama, Yeshua of Nazareth, he is that man. Amen, Daddy. We are preparing for his soon return, and we are preparing to celebrate his Passover. I hope you'll start preparing as well. Well, that's all we have time for today. Thanks for listening to Red Pill Torah, where you can handle the truth. Spring Holy Times are coming up soon, and it's time to get ready. B'nai Ephraim Messianic Ministries and Assembly is planning some special activities to celebrate the Father's Holy Times. The first one is a teaching about our Holy One's calendar. This will be held on Friday, May the 10th at 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. It will be broadcast online and from a location in Newark, Delaware. So if you want to join us, email us at redpilltorah at gmail.com. We will send you a link to the online meeting or directions to the in-person meeting. This is the first of several activities that we'll be hosting to celebrate the Holy Times in 2023. We look forward to seeing you there. Shavuotov. Shalom, y'all.